What's up, guys? Welcome to the Lazy Boy QBs podcast. I'm your co-host, Chad Larson. Um, joining me as he does each and every episode to review this week, too. That is my good friend, the co-host, Jonathan Ryder. Johnny, how we doing today, boss? Could be better. Um, <laughs> could be much better, Chad. But I'm glad to be here talking to you, talking some football, talking to somebody that actually knows football, enjoys football. You know, hey, and I also appreciate the tip on the whole Eli Manny Payne Manny dynamic on Monday Night Football. Man, uh, <laughs> I tell you, that was to me. And, and the funny thing is, I hated both of those guys as players. But, okay, wow. but for some reason, oh, absolutely hated both of them. Like, hated both of them. I ended up being a Brady guy by default because I just hated Peyton Manning so much. And I didn't even like Brady. Come on. Uh, you know, I, I, I like Peyton more as a player than his stupid insurance commercials. What, that's for sure. And then, of course, <laughs> and then, of course, you knew I had to hate Eli because that's a division rival. So that's gotcha. obvious. Funny as hell, though. Low-key dude, funny as hell. Oh, I was going to say, Eli's like, like Peyton's kind of providing all of the football. Yeah. And then Eli's providing some football, but like a lot of the personality, I think, for the for the telecast. I could tell that Eli was holding back on trolling Brett Favre yesterday. Oh, my God. I mean, okay, how good was it? And I even had to text you about this. How good was it when they were talking to Brett? He said, yeah, hey, by, like just in the middle of while they're interviewing him, while they're watching the game, he goes, yeah, so how'd they look in the first half? Because I didn't watch the game. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah, man. And then <laughs> he, kept, he kept criticizing Rodgers for that, that touchdown pass to oh Tunyon. He's like, he had to be underneath open. Uh, of course, he had to make the tough throw, you know. Just <laughs> and then that just heard me like, oh, like, yeah, but it looks at that throw. Uh, he didn't catch the ball. The ball caught in, and then that five was going on. I was like, oh, the four guys open, and uh, yeah, of course, he had to take the fifth guy who was covered. <laughs> like, that's what man, I'm man, what are you so sorry, man? It's like, me, it's like, meanwhile, that was one of the best throws I've seen all. all what? <laughs> It's just like, dude. Like, how, how many quarterbacks actually try to do that, right? Like, hey, I know you got the other dudes. You got a sure first down. He can probably run it in for a touchdown. I was like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to stick this. You know, the linebacker, I kind of have an angle on the linebacker. Safety's a little bit off. I, I, I got this. You just yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I also enjoyed, like, exactly like what you said, how, how Favre was just being passive-aggressive pretty much the entire time. My favorite guy on the whole telecast, though, had to be Pat McAfee. I don't know if you saw him right at the very end of the game. Did not. Oh, oh my God. I quit. I quit at the fourth touchdown from Aaron Jones. He was on there cussing, like, on on live TV. He cussed, like, three times. And uh, he was just, like, he was the guy who knew his role. And he was, mm-hmm. like, when Peyton – because the thing is, when Peyton, Peyton expected any time he talked for any everyone else to just stop talking – and, like, Pat McAfee was like, all right, yeah, that's straight. Versus a lot of the other ones who were just, like, they couldn't really understand the dynamic. So, it, it, that's the thing is it's almost borderline fascinating as well as interesting at the same time. So, I, I think ESPN has a hidden gem. I'll be honest, next week for the Monday night um, when yeah. Dallas plays Philly, that's how I'm going to be watching pretty much the whole game. Probably is the Peyton and Eli telecast. So. Unless Dallas starts going down and then they start criticizing Dak, then I'm going to turn the whole game off. <laughs> you don't want to listen to what Lewis Riddick and, and Brian Greasy have to say? Oh, my God, fuck. No, absolutely not. I have no. I definitely don't want to hear Lewis Riddick talk about the Eagles. God, no. Definitely not. <laughs> um, but I tell you what, boss. Talking about that Monday night game has us going. Well, actually, hold up. Sorry. Before we skip into it, let's go ahead and, and, and show love to who we need to show love to. Hey, really quick, 305-954-786-757. And, of course, I guess we adopted the 336 Greenville. (laughs) Shout out to you. We salute you. Man, hey, keep listening to us. Absolutely. And and any other area code, you guys can listen as well. We'd appreciate (laughs) that, too. Uh, (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) We'll give you a shout out. Don't worry. We shout out the whole country if we have to. Don't worry. We got time. Uh, Boss, that gets us right into Homer Corner, 
um, kind of our little segment where we take off the podcaster hat and put on our get in our fan chair um, and talk about our teams. We're going to, I guess, start with the good. Um, we'll start with my Dallas Cowboys getting the <laughs> Dude, Start with the good. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> But we don't have any bad. We just have ugly. We have good and ugly. No bad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, I'm still not over you putting Dallas as a bottom five job. <laughs> From the- <laughs> uh, My stomach is cramping. <laughs> I feel like it's one of the worst mistakes I've ever made in my life is put the Dallas Giants bottom five. Hey, man. We're oh, spiteful. Let's keep going. We're spiteful people. I'm petty. I know I am. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so Dallas gets a 20-17 to 17 win over, um, ironically, my favorite player, actually, Justin Herbert um, and the Chargers. You had to move somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Who I'm thinking about adopting as my AFC team, which is something I hate to do, but I, hell, I might do it if if Dallas causes me more pain. Um, but look, I really like the way Dallas came about went about this game in Week One. You know, after Week One, people criticized, oh, they weren't getting the running game, all this stuff. You know, can they still run the ball? Well, they came out today or on Sunday and ran the ball to to perfection. Honestly. 31 carries, 198 yards. I mean, over six yards a carry. Tony Pollard had over 100 yards on like 12 carries. Really changed the game with his speed, with his, you know, dynamism. Uh, Zeke, I thought, played really well. Uh, I think Pollard obviously overshadowed it with his performance. But Zeke played well as as well and was really steady, I think, for the run game. And both of those guys scoring a touchdown. The, the difference for me in this game, though, Johnny, was the red zone offense, right? I thought Dallas was the one that was able to convert in the red zone. Three trips for them ended with 17 points. Uh, both of those rushing touchdowns, as I said, Pollard and Zeke, um, and then a field goal from Zerline. And then the Chargers, they got in the red zone four times and only ended up getting 13 points out of it. Um, two field goals, they had the one touchdown, and then uh, the uh, Justin Herbert interception, actually, um, in the red zone, which was the first one that he had thrown in his NFL career up until that point. So that was definitely rare. Um, but, yeah, because the thing is the the possessions were really limited in this game. Uh, only 15 total mm-hmm. possessions. Each team, Dallas had three drives that, you know, eclipsed 10 plays. Chargers had five drives of over 10 plays. So the teams were keeping the ball when they had it. Uh, it was just a matter of who was able to punch in those points at the end. What did, what did you see um, from Dallas and just overall from the game? I mean, look, just an immense amount of improvement from last year, right? Who could have thought that the the all-scoring, you know, Justin Herbert and the high-charge Los Angeles Chargers offense were only going to be able to score 17 points on the Dallas Cowboys? You're absolutely right. I'm not saying that they had the perfect defense against the Chargers. They bent, but they didn't break. They, they caused, you know, a turnover, the interception in the red zone. Uh, I, I thought it was really impressive. Kept, kept the Chargers under 100 yards rushing. And, man, like you said, that rushing attack between Zeke and Tony Pollard is outstanding. And, in a way, it kind of keeps offenses off ba- defenses off balance. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just super impressed with this team. Um, the, the way that this defense has evolved, you know, I'm watching Dallas, and, and we watched it last week. 29 points to the to the Bucks, um, only 17 now to to the Chargers. Man, it, look at it now comparing to last year. It's like we all knew that Dallas could score, but now they're showing that they can play defense. Big up to Dan Quinn and, and kind of turning this thing around, man. Absolutely, I I was not a believer in the Dan Quinn hire, and I have to tip my hat to him. You know, at least through two games, because I think the defense is much improved. Six takeaways, you know, in the first two games, that's that's leading the league right now. Um, and they were actually seventh in takeaways last year. So, you know, something that's kind of been the, I guess, the one bright spot of this defense over the past year plus. 
Um, you know, I, I, I don't think we can go talking about Dallas without saying I thought Michael Parsons looked amazing at defensive end. I mean, yep. this dude looked like a monster. I think PFF said that he graded out as the highest rookie uh, of any of any rookie this week. So just kind of had a field day as that right defensive end going up against uh, the Chargers right tackle. Yeah, the, the Chargers right tackle became the I think it was the lowest rated right tackle in <laughs> by PFF this week. And they literally attributed that to Micah Parsons. Yeah, yeah. It's no surprise when one guy, the two guys are going against each other. One of them has the highest grade of the week. One of them's going to have the lowest grade of the week. So, All right, but my question to you, Chad, is I know it's only two games. Do you feel better? I know you're still cautiously, cautiously optimistic, but do you, do you feel a little bit better? Well, I tell you the thing that I do like is that the offensive line so far through two games has been able to look really steady, even though there have already been injuries and guys missing. Zach Martin missed the first game. I thought Connor McGovern came in at right guard and played really well in that game. Zach Martin back for this one. Uh, and then Terrence Steele had to slide, has to slide in at right tackle for Lyle Collins, who's suspended for the next five games. And that was a matchup I was nervous about with him against Joey Bosa. Um, it kind of brought back memories of, um, I don't know if you remember Chaz Green, but when Adrian yeah, Claiborne man. had a... Had a, had a, a Adrian Claiborne made money out oh, of yeah. that one game. I mean, he literally made a contract literally off one game where he got seven <laughs> sacks. So I was fearful of something like that. But no, Terrence Steele looked really, well, looked really good out there um, and was really able to neutralize Bosa. I don't think he had one, pre- one pressure the entire game. So I, I'm really encouraged by the offensive line right now. And that makes me encouraged about the rest of the team because I think the playmakers are there. We've seen the defense look somewhat steady. Um, if they can keep doing what they're doing, then I think this could be a team that could definitely make a playoff-type push. And I got one other question about the Cowboys for you. We talked about you know the improvement on defense, the two-headed mo- you know monster at the running back position. Dak looks pretty good. But what do you see? What do you feel? The, there's an area for improvement here with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think definitely the efficiency on offense um, is something that I would like to see uh, improved upon. We talked about it in this game, right? Three three trips to the red zone, 17 points. Um, I think that's really good. However, to only be able to get 20 points in the entire game, I think is is something that needs to be, you know, we definitely need to be a 30-point-per-game type of team, but a team that also controls the ball on offense, right? Because I've talked about at all times with Dallas is, we have to be complimentary to our defense. I think in this game it was really good. We were able to have hold the ball for 34 minutes. That's what, kind of why our defense only allowed the 17 points. we got to be able to keep the defense on the field for a short amount of time, and then I think the rest will fall in place. I like um, it. Thank you. Thank you, boss. I, I'm passionate right now, man. I'm feeling good about Dallas. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, Miami Dolphins who fell to the Buffalo Bills 35-0. to um, Boss, I'll just let you go ahead and take it away. I mean, what a disappointment, Chad. Um, I, I just watched that game in, in, in utter silence. Um, there was this expectation, right? Like, So we, we want to see improvement every year. And right now, the Buffalo Bills are the big dogs in the AFC East. And uh, I, don't, I don't think I ever claimed that the Dolphins were better than the Buffalo Bills. But I thought we had a chance to win this week. And uh, I, I picked the Dolphins to win. Mm-hmm. But overall, I wanted to see the gap close, right? I wanted to see the competitiveness. Right. And honestly, I, I feel like the Dolphins have taken two steps back that it has me questioning the whole team. Chad, this team, this team threw the ball 44 times, all right? They got 25 completions, mm-hmm. and we, we're not even able to e- eclipse 200 yards passing. Not good. All right? S- good. 20 rushes for 71 yards. Yeah. You know, and you can say, oh, Jonathan, 35 points, is that the defense's fault? Nah, man. The, the the defense the defense broke early. Okay, the right. defense broke early. They gave up 14 points really quick on back to back drives. Yep. But then the offense couldn't do anything. Look, they had uh, drop touchdown passes, fumbles, dropped first down passes, 
Uh, they could not convert on fourth down. And let me tell you something, Chad. This offensive line is horrendous. It is horrendous, and it is the sole reason why Tua Tonga Valoa got knocked out of the game because fucking Jesse Davis, who's been there for freaking four years, can't figure out his blocking assignments and let a free rusher take a hit on Tua after Tua had been sacked twice in the same drive. It is just so disappointing. It is so disappointing because I thought this was the, the, the time to take advantage of beating the Buffalo Bills, going 2-0, you know, kind of proving that, you know, the Patriots were a tough team to go beat against the road. Now we got the Vegas Raiders next week. It, it, it's just an effing mess. And honestly, that, that Laramie Tunsil trade that we got all those draft picks, so far, not amounting to much. Yeah. Man, it's it's crazy. I think the... I kind of agree with you that I think the Miami de- the Miami defense kind of does come out looking like the bright spot in that one uh, in this in this one for Miami though I thought that they they kind of settled settled in after those first two drives and started to look comfortable yep. and and made Buffalo kind of kind of do things that they didn't want to do um, as far as getting into some longer third down situations um, and not look, being look at Josh a- Josh Allen sorry to cut you off you only had 179 yards thrown yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, they weren't really able to get the ball. They weren't really oh. able to throw the ball deep. It was, you know, a, a formula that we're kind of starting to see a lot with these high-powered offenses is a lot of cover, too, and, and let them run the ball underneath and kind of get some underneath stuff. And Miami kind of played it to perfection in the first half, I thought, post, you know, that long touchdown run from Singletary and then the other yep. drive that uh, ended in the Diggs touchdown catch. So and then in the second half, I just felt like it was they broke down. They broke yeah, down. Exactly. The, the, the offense yeah. couldn't get anything going. Yep. The they couldn't get a first down. So oh, and was and, for so long. And, and the Bills were getting great field position because Miami kept trying to go on fourth downs, even yeah. you know, kind of you know, in, in unfavorable territory. And you just handed you no know, Josh Allen and his offense the ball. At some point, the defense was going to break down, and they broke down in the fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely. It's just yeah. disgusting. Yeah, uh, is there any timeline yet or any update on what the Tua situation is going to look like? So, the MRS came out clean. He's considered day-to-day, but it seems like he's it's highly you know unlikely that he's going to play against the Raiders on Sunday. Um, it, it, you know, if he doesn't play, we got Jacoby Brissett going. Um, I'm, I'm terrified for him, too. The good thing is that Jacoby Brissett is a big dude. Um, you know, so he With can maybe take the hit. playing behind a bad line sometimes. Look, man, he was doing some pump fakes to get the defenders to kind of jump a, a, a little bit. Uh, he was doing a lot not to get hit, and he still got destroyed. And probably Senate will be the backup on Sunday. Mm. Mm. Product out of San Diego. Nice. Nice. Hopefully he doesn't have to get any run. Um... Yeah, boss. Any closing thoughts about the Dolphins? I don't want to beat a dead horse, so I'm just going to kind of agree with what you said. The, the only closing thought here is um, I'm tired of drafting offensive linemen. I think that experiment is over. We have not had any luck. Uh, Austin Jackson is not ready. Robert Hunt played scared. Michael Dieter, he's just he's just not it. He's a below-average center. Uh, all, uh, Kenley, Solomon Kinley. Just a big body, but not necessarily doesn't have the athleticism to play. Look, go spend some money on the offensive line next year. Miami has, what's the point of cap space? It's for you to spend it, right? It's for you to put players that can play and compete every Sunday. I'm tired of these draft picks. I'm tired of this offensive line. We've been having offensive line issues, Chad, since 2016 when J.I.J.I. was able to run for 1,200 yards. It is freaking ridiculous. I'm tired of this, Chad. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah, it has been a problem that is is been hard to overcome for them for a while, and we've seen it. It takes a lot of assets and a lot of capital to to kind of hit on those draft picks, especially in the offensive line. So, you know, it's it's hard. It's definitely hard, and it's a cruel one. It's a cruel game to play, um, boss. But let's let's bring the blood pressure back down, and and let's just move on to our weekly awards. Um, All right. We'll, we'll go ahead and start with the biggest surprise. Um, I'll go ahead and start off because I just want to talk about this Ravens-Chiefs game. Uh, Mm. I thought the Baltimore Ravens were the biggest surprise for me. Um, And, 
you know, I've I'll be honest, I have definitely been critical of Lamar Jackson and I don't think that this game is necessarily answering all the criticism that people have had about him over the years. But I think one thing that's been consistent about him throughout his career is when they're able to play a balanced type of game, then he's able to be an electric type of player and he's able to make plays in the passing game and in the running game when he's not forced to do it on a consistent basis in the passing game. Um, and then also another thing about him, he's tough as hell. He's tough as hell and he's resilient as hell all the time. And I think he gets that from Harbaugh and I think that's Ravens, the Ravens organization. And I think that's why Harbaugh is really one of the best coaches in the league. Um, what what exactly did you see in this game that kind of really impressed you? Because, man, have, haven't have we been so hard on Lamar Jackson? Oh, yeah. You know, and we kept talking about how he, he wasn't able to come back, mm-hmm. right? The yep. biggest knock was, hey, man, you know, he's good when he's up. You know, yep. they, they have the lead. Yep. But if they have to come back, it, it doesn't look very good. Did so, this game kind of change your mind? So I'll, I'll give you, 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 you asked what I, what I saw. I'll give you two things that I saw, one on each side of the ball. I'll start defensively for them because I know they gave up 30, 35 points, but I actually think they played. <laughs> it's I the think, best offense in football, but okay. Exactly, yeah. right. I think they played okay at times, defensive, especially in the second half defensively. And here's what they did. You know, we talked about Miami, what they did against Buffalo, playing that cover two and then kind of letting everything underneath. That's exactly what what Baltimore was doing, except they were taking it to another level. They were playing the Mm. cover two, allowing Kansas City to rush, or allowing Kansas City to run the ball on offense. But then they were also double-teaming Tyreek Hill. He only ended up having four targets in the whole game, three catches, 14 (laughs) yards. So he was super neutralized, and my fantasy team was highly upset about that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I was still able to get the win so it's all good Um, but yeah and Kansas City it just wasn't able to run the ball at all I think the offensive line you know for all the talk about it and it's makeshift um, I don't think they played horrible but I just man I'll be honest this I I know I love LSU to death but this Clyde Edwards Alaire pick is kind of starting to look weird right now for Kansas City Um, you know he's been there for a year plus and it really hasn't taken off the way they they would have liked it to um but i question okay what's up he's starting to look more like a a rb2 guy change of pace kind of guy isn't he yep yep exactly that's what i'm saying he's the he's the type of guy that really they already have with damien or with uh daryl williams anyway and jarek mckinnon you know, that's what all three of those guys, I guess, are supposed to be. So now they're in a situation where they're running back by committee, which is not where you want to be when you drafted a guy in the first round. But um, getting getting back to, to Baltimore, offensively, mm-hmm. what I think that I what I love that they did, even though they trailed pretty much the entire game, they were still able to run the ball. Ended up running it 41 times for 251 yards, which is a lot. I mean, considering you're trailing majority of the game to still run it 40-plus times, that's where I think that I like the balance where Lamar played his game. When he was able to run and make plays with his legs when he wanted to, and then he had some open passes. He had some nice completions to Marquise Brown, who I thought had a really nice game. I thought Lamar... Mm -hmm. You know, Mark Andrews, who's kind of been the one bright spot in that passing game over the entire time, he had a really nice game as well. And, and yes, Lamar did throw those two picks early, which I thought the, the first one was horrendous. The pick six to Tyron Matthew I thought was horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in my mind, I'm starting to think, here we go again. But, you know, like I said, he just continued to play tough and, and was able to come back mentally and, and, and kind of take over the game in the second half and, and, and they were the team that, that in the fourth quarter looked fresh and looked ready to go versus Kansas City, whose offense looked discombobulated at the end of the game. We kind of saw signs of Kansas City last week, kind of waiting to the end to kind of, you know, yep. to finish the, other, to the, the Cleveland Browns out. Yeah. Maybe, you know, this is a wake-up moment for the Cleveland Browns because it seems like, I'm sorry, for the Kansas City Chiefs, because it seems like last week against the Raiders was a wake-up call for John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, uh, and, and, and clearly, you know, probably why they're the, your biggest surprise for the week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was that whole narrative of you know, um, Mahomes hadn't lost in September, hadn't thrown an interception in September. You know, does both of those things now, of course. Um, 
and you know just the Ravens how shaky they looked in week one and and just for them to show like hey you know we're still one of the toughest teams in the entire league and I think that matters in a league that's all about finesse and all about you know passing the ball and all shit like that like sometimes in a big game you do just kind of have to be a more tougher team and I thought that's what I thought that's what Baltimore was tonight and the way I look at it as well, you know, if I'll keep going and going, but we knew, the Kansas City Chiefs knew that this was a game plan. That was the best game plan for the Baltimore Ravens, and they still were not able to stop. And the fact that they were able to rush for a 6.1 yard, you know, yards per carry, it's yeah. just phenomenal. Because, you know what, every team in the NFL knows what the Baltimore Ravens will do. They, everybody knows how special Lamar Jackson is. And if you just take away his legs, this team is not as good. But, man... You know, they, they're sometimes they're able to impose what they want to do on you, and Kansas City just didn't have an answer in the fourth quarter for that. Absolutely, absolutely, boss. Um, let's go um, move on to your biggest surprise, man. What what game did you have? Oh, or what I, team I, did I, you have? Should I say it's it, it's it's the Las Vegas Raiders, man. Oh. You know, I I, I I really thought the last week was a fluke. Yeah. Um, I thought they were playing at home. Uh, they had the energy going. Uh, it was their, their their home opener with the crowd, and I'm like, okay. Uh, but we had overreactions last year, last year in week one, and, and I thought that that's where they that that category that they fit in. And then they go to Pittsburgh, right? They beat a team, right? That beat the Buffalo Bills at home uh, on the road last week. Yeah. So you got a, a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast, um, and, and then in a week. Beating the crap out of the uh, out of the Steelers. Yeah. Derek Carr with uh, a 380 yards on the air did not overly rely on on, on Darren Waller. Henry Ruggs was the guy, man. Absolutely. Making Minka Fitzpatrick look like a fool, which always <laughs> always helps. That they, uh, they controlled the time the time of possession. We had so many like Chad. We had so many questions about a defensive line, right? Coming into the season, oh, no you problem. know, like. Oh wait! No. You know how many yards they they only gave up thirty nine yards rushing on the ground. Yeah. And guess what, man? Solomon Thomas. I know two, two quarterbacks. Sacks. Two hey, sacks. Who knew? I didn't know Solomon Thomas was in the league anymore. I thought he was one of the biggest busts in, in the world. Um, <laughs> I I am I a hundred percent sold yet on the on the Raiders? No. Yeah. But right. what, you know, with Max Crosby putting five QB hits on Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. I know TJ uh, uh, Watt, you know, was hurt. But you know what? The Raiders also had injuries. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, would, no, left. That's their second offensive lineman now that they're down. since um, out too. And, and Good was out. Denzel yeah. Good, right? Yeah. So, and this seems showed a lot of resilience, and man, it doesn't help that Miami is going to Vegas next week as a Dolphins fan. Yeah. Um, Chuck, Chucky's doing really well with what he's got. Even Trayvon Mullen got an interception in there. Yeah, he did. I, I, I mean, uh, wow! And, and, and you know, and, and no Josh Jacobs, yeah, right? Which I know your fantasy team was missing. You know. And they're able to pull a nine-point win on the road. I just thought that that was super impressive. Um, starting to look less and less like a fluke, and starting to make me was it eat crow because I had them pegged as potentially one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, I think. Look, I think Gruden, kind of like what we talked about last week, is is the same song for them offensively. Gruden is able to put together a really competent offense no matter what. And, and Raiders are showing that they're more than just competent. And Carr, you know, I'm not saying that he's playing like he was during that MVP season. But, man, yeah. he's sure starting to look like that type of guy. I mean, through the first couple of games, over 800 passing yards. Um, you know, this is a guy who two touchdowns in this one. You know, the deep ball to Henry Ruggs. His deep ball is starting to look really nice. Has been able to find Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs on some of those. You know, and Zay Jones, of course, in the opener. So, Darren Waller is that steady receiving threat for them. And, yeah, the most impressive part is they were able to do it really without a running game, which has yep. kind of been a big part of their of their offense and, and their identity over the past couple of seasons. Um, for Pittsburgh, I think the, the concern is still the same for them. Their offensive line problems are, are still there. Um, and guess what doesn't help your offensive line problems is drafting a running back in the first round. Yeah. Um, just hit a wall. I think he had 34 yards rushing. 
uh, on 11 yeah, carries. 30, yeah, 38 yards on 10 carries, yep. And uh, did have five catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. But still, I mean, that running game is, is has been a problem for them for a while. And I think even, you know, Ben really didn't look that great either. His arm didn't look lively at all. Um, I don't know. I, I have concerns about Pittsburgh, but at the same time, I think they're a tough team. Vegas, though, that's the team we're focusing on. I thought they looked really good. I thought they looked really good as well. They're just a surprise. Yeah, definitely a, a, a surprise, boss. Um, real quickly, we're going to talk about biggest disappointment. Yours was the... It's Dolphins. the Miami Dolphins, so we, we can just skip. I'm, I'm just... It's sickening. Go ahead, Chad. Okay. All right. Uh, real quickly, I'll talk about mine, and then we'll head to break, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I thought this was a very winnable game for them. Look, I don't think Cincinnati by any means is going to the playoffs. Part of my, my disappointment with them is that I had them for my upset of the week, so I wanted to be able to get that right. Um, me of course, too. You had it, I was going to say you had it too, so it wouldn't have meant much, I guess, to me. But Cincinnati decided not to wake up until the very, very, very end of the game. Um, they were down 20-3 to with 6.40 left in the game. Um, Joe Burrow had thrown three interceptions in the fourth quarter alone after, I think, 200 pass attempts of not throwing his interception. Then he throws three in, like, a span of, like, four pass attempts. Um, their offense struggled. We're not, they weren't able to move the ball at all, and they really just had, you know, a one, one touchdown drive that was really just culminated by a long Jamar Chase touchdown catch. And then the other touchdown yep. was short field off a turnover. So the offense struggled. Joe Burrow was sacked four times. I was really disappointed in their offensive line as well. Joe Mixon, you know, was only able to muster 3.5 yards of carry. I, I didn't like the, what this team looked like at all. And I thought that they really could have started 3-0. and I think they have the Jets next week. That could be a very winnable start for them. So I was disappointed in them. I mean, especially when, you know, the, the Bears – Pretty much don't do anything offensively, right? I mean, Justin Fields looked like garbage. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You know, everybody can't say putting him in there. After you're watching him play, you go like, I don't know about putting him there as a starter. Yeah. You know, hey, Andy, can you come back next week? Because Andy Dalton Dal- Dal- looked pretty good. Drive. Let him on and the only he, touchdown drive. Uh, 9 for 11 for 56 yards and a touchdown, man. Yeah. You know, we want to talk smack, but, you know, people want Justin Fields. Justin Fields, uh, I kind of got upset after that, that preseason game against the Dolphins. Here you go, Justin Fields. The Bengals' defense, though, are a little bit better than what we thought they were. Yeah. You no, know, they, they, a, a lot of these new bodies with um, Jesse Hendrickson. Bates and Hendrickson, uh, they, they got guys, and, and, and that's why I think that's where they, they, they chose to focus the rebuild on. But like you said, the offensive line is still an issue. They got to get that fixed. Yep, absolutely. And I think that's what's going to keep them from kind of being a team that really matters uh, at this point in the league. Um, All right, boss, that's going to go ahead and take us to to a quick break. Uh, We're going to hand out some more awards here on the other side. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, we're going to move into our next award, Jonathan, one that you came up with that I kind of like, the Where You At Award. And who do you have for that? Man. Hey, Brandon, Ayuk, wide receiver. Are you, are you even a wide receiver anymore for the 49ers? <laughs> one catch, right? <laughs> I mean, in two weeks, this dude has one catch for six yards and 13 return yards. And I think he has two or three targets. Like, <laughs> dude, you are you are considered a number one receiver. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know Debo and Samuel was good, but he always kept getting hurt. You had a little, no, hamstring injury. Where, where, where the f are you at? You 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 have played two bad teams. I mean, yeah. Chad likes the Eagles, according to his, uh, you know, break, you know, little chat that we had. Yeah. Uh, but but that Eagles secondary, Chad, are you a fan of that Eagles secondary? Because I'm no, not. I'm not. Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. Uh, the the Lions look better than what you know we kind of thought they were. They looked pretty tough last, you know, yesterday. But you know, I mean, dude, not only are killing my fantasy team and probably the fantasy team of millions of people out there, mm-hmm. but I mean, 
I mean, the San Francisco the- 49ers, like, their offense still needs the type of player that you are with all that speed to go out there and perform. Like, where you at, bro? I mean, forget forget the Detroit secondary or how good or is how good Detroit's defense is or isn't. Ayuk didn't even dress out for the game. Which game? The Detroit game. I mean, I mean, he he technically he 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 put on his pads and played some some snaps. He actually played. That's the funny. He actually played, Chad. In the first game. Yeah, he actually had snaps. Who am I confusing him with? I I, I thought there was a San Francisco receiver who didn't play. Uh, who didn't dress in the first game. No, he, he dressed. He, he got one target. God. No that's no catches. Even, that's even more embarrassing then. That's he even played. more embarrassing. And, and, and then what's more embarrassing, because now there are stories coming out, it's not only the hamstring injury, it's yeah. like he Kyle Shanahan has come out and said that he needs to learn how to be a pro. Bro. Bro. <laughs> I'm just, Whenever your coach is saying that about you, that's not that's not good. I don't know, Chad. I just had high expectations for Braylon Ayuk. I thought he was one of the most explosive. He was probably the most explosive rookie that we saw last year. He had blazing speed. He yeah. fit perfectly into that Shanahan offense where you get the ball in space and you run. And man, you're not even getting targets. Yeah. So and, very and disappointed. If, and if that team is going to really reach the potential that I think that they can reach, and and you possibly think as well, then I think they're going to need an explosive receiver other than Debo Samuel and yep. and George Kittle. You know, they're going to need that third guy in the passing game that's able to make plays for them. And right now they don't have it. So uh, they're definitely going to have to have Ayuk step up in the in that type of role for them because I think he's the clear guy who can fill it for them. Um, Jonathan, for me, for the where you at, I had to go with a team or with a unit. I'm going with the Washington defense, man. This is a, a, a defense that has really disappointed me so far through two games. They're 25th in yards allowed, 17th in points allowed. Um, they are the third worst team on third down defensively. 58% allowed on third down defensively. Jonathan, this is a defense that I was saying was going to be the best defense in the league by a mile. And they can't even get off the field on third down. Hey, man. You know one thing that I kind of noticed? Because you asked me, did you watch the game? So, I, you know, I kind of focused on the defense since you brought it up. Hey, man. Chase Young likes to bite on that RPO. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, don't know, I, I, I don't know why the Giants just kept running, you know, the RPO or design runs to the outside with Daniel Jones. Because Chase Young was just biting on all of those. Yeah. He was. And, he was and, and I was like, I was like, hey man, you know, like Daniel Jones out here having a day and not tripping, and here you're over, you know, you're you know you're you're collapsing, and, and you're just giving free running lanes to Daniel Jones who has no problem running the ball, and they should have won that game. Let's be honest, they should, the Giants should have won that game. Oh yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's a dumbass uh, Dexter Lawrence offsides penalty that literally cost them the game. So I, I I mean and I I don't know and, and what to be fair and mm-hmm. to be fair I will say I thought Daniel Jones played really well in that game that yeah, I thought to me that was the best he's ever looked at least in a, to me um, had 249 yards one touchdown also had 95 rushing yards you know as you said was killing it in that zone read game and then had a rushing touchdown as well so I thought he, he also played. had a he, he had a rushing touchdown call back. Because yeah, of a exactly. holding penalty on the outside. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like the Giants kind of beat themselves up. And, you know, and you're absolutely right. The, the, the Washington football team's defense just doesn't look as impressive as we thought they were going to look. All right. So how about instead, since he had 95 rushing, how about instead of Danny Dimes, we call him Danny Dual Threat? <laughs> Danny Dual Threat Jones? Yeah. Does that work? I guess. Okay. I'm, I might try and make that a thing. I don't know. Danny, dual threat. I mean, we, we can put it out there on Twitter and see what, uh, how it goes. <laughs> okay. You know? All right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Jonathan, I'm going to go ahead and do my most confusing team because uh, then yours is going to kind of wrap the podcast for, for both Okay. Of us. Um, so, for me, my most confusing team, and 
you know, I know this is kind of supposed to be more of a negative-ish type award, but man, to me, the the this is kind of a confusing team that's also surprising, um, and that's the Carolina Panthers, man. I thought, um, yeah, I know. Shout out to uh, shout out to Titus. Three three six, stand up. It, exactly, I know. Hit me. Him following me on Twitter and me following him back is the reason why Carolina is my uh, most confusing. <laughs> nah, just kidding. But uh, I thought, look, in their first game against the New York Jets, I thought they really looked mediocre. I didn't think they were able to move the ball well. I didn't think they were able to really capitalize on, an inexp- on the inexperience of Zach Wilson. And I thought the Jets had a real clear-cut opportunity to win that game um, if Zach Wilson was able to you know, hold on to the ball a little bit better. And, you know, I know you don't live in ifs and buts and all that, but I thought the Jets had a real chance in, in that one. Um, yes, they did. And then, you know, I was hearing people say, um, you know, that they thought that Carolina had a chance in this one against New Orleans. I had seen multiple people say that, actually. And I was just like, man, I don't see it. I don't see it. And then, you know, not only for them to have a chance, but, you know, to dominate the Saints, um in a way that I mean, twenty-six to seven, the scoreline doesn't really tell the whole story. These are just some numbers that I that I really enjoyed, boss. Twenty-eight to six was the advantage for Carolina in first downs. Twenty-eight to six. Three hundred and eighty-three yards for Carolina. One hundred and twenty-eight yards of offense for the New Orleans Saints. I just. Man. Wow, that that Jameis comeback player of the year from I know, I know. So, all of a sudden, I haven't heard as many people on Monday and Tuesday say Jameis for MVP this week. <laughs> I haven't. How about the big contract one? How about the multi-year, you know, three hundred million dollar no, contract? No, no, no. I don't think anyone's in line to give him that three-year, hundred million dollar guarantee deal right now. I think teams are waiting it out. So. But, no, uh, I, yeah, man. Yeah, Go ahead, I was, Chad. I was going to say another thing that I just have really liked about Carolina so far is, is Sam Darnold. You know, he's been mm. playing really well. Eight, 8.0 yards per attempt, you know, throwing for just under 300 yards a game, three touchdowns and one interception so far through two games. I think DJ Moore and him have really, you know, been able to connect. I think he's flourished in the, uh, you know, Joe Brady system. Shout out to that LSU connection. Um, McCaffrey also opens a lot of things up, man. 100%. I'll tell you no, 100%. that. 100%. I was going to say, McCaffrey being back is is makes every quarterback look a lot better, you know? So it, and, and I really like their weapons, and I don't even think they've even gotten Terrace, Mar- Terrace Marshall Jr. really going yet in that offense. So when they're really able to work him in, that, that could be even scarier. Man, now they're going to be playing on Thursday night against David yeah. Mills, who will start um, yeah. since Tyrod Taylor is going to the IR. And they have a really good opportunity to start the season 3-0. And I'm not saying that they're going to compete for the AFC South because you still got the big bad, you know, Tampa Bay Bucks in that division. But, you know, here we were talking about, you know, me talking about the Saints being a sneaky good team. You were talking about the Falcons being a, a sneaky good team. Yeah. And here are the Carolina Panthers just yeah. letting us know that we're full of shit and that they're going to be on 3-0 probably by Friday. Now, you know what it is? Is We were a year early on Matt Rule. <laughs> we were singing his praises all of last season when they were 5-11. and 11. <laughs> So... He might disappoint us. There's, there's still time, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, but if they start 3-0, and I mean, like you said, you know, we were both kind of searching for who that seventh playoff team in the NFC was going to be, you know, even before the season started. And I think right now Carolina is making a case that, hey, you know, if they start off 3-0, and all of a sudden they only have to go 7-7 seven and seven maybe the rest of the way, and they can kind of secure that spot with a 10-7 and seven type of season. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, I don't know. And, and that's with two games against Atlanta still on the schedule as well. So, you know, I'm just saying. Um, Jonathan, let's get to your most confusing team and, and, and then both of our player of the week because we have the same guy. Uh, I guess I'm a pessimist here, but it's the Seattle Seahawks. Last week I was <laughs> You're out a realist. here. That's what it is. You that's know, it. singing praises against how the Seahawks completely dominated and looked dominant against the, the Indianapolis Colts on the road. And, you know, I, I said all the beautiful things to Russell Wilson. 
I thought that defense really showed up, even though that they lost, you know, some guys. And then, it, I mean, for the first three quarters, it looked like everything was fine. Yeah. You know, they yeah, go to the third it. quarter. They're up thirty to sixteen. Mm-hmm. They just gotta, you know, put this game on the bag. And, and, and they let us slip. They they they, they pulled a Maddie Ice special. <laughs> did, did they bring did they bring anybody from Atlanta to to play there or to coach there? Dan I Quinn mean, reverse, like the, the Dan Quinn reverse. I mean, come on, man. at home. The twelfth yeah. man, and you let Derrick Henry go off on the second, uh, on the fourth quarter against you to the point that you couldn't even score a point. Yeah, I know. I, I, I I'm just very, I'm just highly disappointed. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, I know he's shining it up with with um, uh, Tyler Lockett, but the connection with, with with DK Metcalf so far is just isn't there. Um, for both games, he has not taken over a game, and DK Metcalf was known to take over games last year. Um, you know, uh, we're going to talk about Derrick Henry here. And I'm sorry to give it away, but most rushing yards ever that you know a Pete Carroll team has given up in the NFL to a running back. Wow. Um, I, I, I'm just, I'm just highly disappointed. How can you blow a two touchdown lead at home when you are the dominant team? Yeah, I know. Like, like you said, man, and and. You know, the Tennessee Titans, I think, were a team that also had the same formula as Baltimore um, when they got down as they continued to run the ball. Derrick Henry, you know, m- both of our player of the week, 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Also had six receptions. Six catches. I know. I know. That was <laughs> 41, 41 offensive touches, 237 yards. That's just ridiculous. Also had had twenty one yards in overtime to set up the field goal. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say they just handed it to him five straight times. I think four straight times. Yeah, four, four, four straight times for twenty one yards. Yeah, so that's crazy. That's crazy. He uh, so he was dominant. Um, and yeah, I thought the Seattle defense, you know, just kind of fell apart in the second half. Um, of this game, man, and it was really disappointing for them. Office too, right? They could have scored a point. They could have scored a field goal, Chad. Yeah, I know. I know. Russell will. I mean, d- damn near the offense was the reason they lost the game. Russell Wilson almost ended up taking the, the safety uh, yep. in overtime. Should have been called, but for some reason wasn't. And, and, and this is the thing. I, maybe you don't believe in home field advantage, but this is the kind of game that if I'm on the road, I get it. Like the Kansas City Chiefs are on the road. You know, it, it complicates things. You're at home. Yeah. And you have the lead. Yeah. Um, I, I think I was going to say, though, I think um, Mike Vrabel, you know, did a really good job coaching this team, preparing them for this game. He had a really good game plan going into it. Um, 42 minutes that um, Tennessee controlled the ball for. You know, yeah. only a force, only allowing their defense to play 22 minutes. The defense still is horrible. I don't know how they fix that because the personnel outside of Jeffrey Simmons, who I think is is a really good player, outside of him, I think their defensive personnel is horrible. Probably one of the two or three worst units in the entire league. Um, I mean, to give up 400 yards and 30 points in only 22 minutes of defense is kind of unheard of. Um, Russell Wilson, 11 yards per attempt, also unheard of. But, you know, he tried to nullify that as much as possible, and I think that was what controlling the ground game was, you know, getting 33 first downs, having over 500 yards of offense. I thought Vrabel did a good job, and eventually, at the very end, it ended up working out for them, and they got a win that I thought they very much needed because now they kind of put themselves back in the driver's seat in the AFC South. Oh yeah, man, no doubt. With no no Carson Wentz going next week, uh, you know, uh, I think Jacob Easley has been declared the official starter for next week. And I also want to mention one thing, you know, because we're talking about Derek Henry here. Uh, you know how we we praise the Kansas City Chiefs for having that that they can go and score, you know, a seventy five yard touchdown on on throw to either Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. It's, it feels like the Tennessee Titans have this, but on the ground. Yeah. Which is really crazy, right? I know. He scored a 60-yard touchdown run, and I'm like, okay, maybe they might, might, you know, might take a few seconds longer because they got to do it on the ground. 
But this guy is just as effective as a yeah. long bomb by by uh, by Patrick Mahomes. You know, and, and even though we are highly impressed with uh, with Derrick Henry, let's not forget about the rest of this offense. Ryan Tannehill also had a really good game. So did Julio Jones. He showed up again. Yes, he did. Um, had a, had a but, nice touchdown catch called back. Robbed. Hey, man, it's the NFL. They rob you every now and then, okay? <laughs> I, 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 they had to make, make sure that this went to overtime. But uh, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I love you, NFL. Um, I wouldn't know what to do with you, without you, really, for, for no my kidding. life. But no kidding. Shame on but, you. <laughs> Roger, can you send me a check? Uh, <laughs> chat hasn't paid me in a couple of years, but uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, man. It it, it was just it, the Seattle whole Seattle dynamic here just just really confusing. Uh, a game that they should have won, especially in such a tough division that they play in, right, Chad? It, it's just a brutal division with the rest of the teams being two and zero right now. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing is I think. The NFC West is clearly looking, you know, dominant again. You know, Arizona, they got a win against Minnesota. Came out very dicey, but they're 2-0. Um, you know, we talked about it. San Francisco came out and got the win against Philly. And then, uh, you know, the Rams ended up coming out, eking past the Colts in that yep. one, which was a really good win for them, I thought, as well on the road. So, um, you know. You got to keep pace in that division, especially you know a game like this is kind of a, a heartbreaking one for for Seattle for sure. Um, all right, boss, that's gonna go ahead and do it for this episode. Um, you got anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here, boss? No, nah, man. I hope everybody enjoy week two and uh, you know your team won. Uh, and you know I'm excited to talk week three and kind of go over uh, our, our picks because uh, I hit on my lock last week, so I'm, hey, uh, I'm pretty excited. So, yeah. you know. Guys, I'm going to let you guys know, me and Jonathan, we're in, the same, we're in a fantasy football <laughs> league together, and we're going against each other this week. So oh, we're going to keep yeah. you guys posted on how, that, how, how that's going. I'm not starting bringing Ayuk. <laughs> I, tried to ask, I tried to convince him, so. You're the league commissioner, so even if you beat me, I'm gonna claim I'm gonna ch- claim that it was uh, some type of hit put out on me. I can always change the the, the scoring system. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, guys, thank you. We appreciate you guys for listening. We'll be back uh, at the end of the week with our predictions for week three and uh, some more stuff to talk about. Then we'll see you guys then. Take care. Ciao.